Welcome to the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee, where amazing things happen. Our goal is to help build, repair, and restore healthy relationships. Our primary focus is on the marriage relationship. However, the topics are applicable to the relationships that we value most. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow. Welcome to the Rich Relationship Podcast, and we are excited to have an opportunity to have a conversation with someone that I know and love, and it's someone that is going to really help us to really get some clarity on this whole single thing, you know? You know, I heard her speak. This is the second time in almost a week that we've actually, or you've actually talked to her, and now we're actually talking to her on the show, and it was so engaging to watch her speak about what she does and we are actually going to be talking to miss melissa d white and we're going to get into this episode of the rich relationship podcast with gil and renee coming up next so come on single ladies let's let's have a conversation welcome melissa to the show we are so happy you are here thank you for spending your time with us Oh, thank you for having me. It is always such an exciting time when I know I get to sit with Gil and Renee. I'm honored. I just love you guys. Oh, we love you too. We when we had the screen up, we took you to a restaurant, right? In the Zoom room. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just love it. You guys are so innovative and I love seeing your partnership and co-laboring this this beautiful work that you're doing. So it's really cool to see. Well, thank you. It's cool to have you be a part of our story and a part of our journey. We want you to get an opportunity to kind of share with our audience and with the world about your story, about your story as a entrepreneur, as a minister, as a um, woman who is not married right now, and mm-hmm. all the things that God has you doing. Share with us how how it's shaped you. How, what, what's been the one thing that's really shaped you the most as a as a single woman? Wow. Um, The one thing that has shaped me the most, honestly, is growing to a place of contentment, which was not always the case, quite candidly. Um, I was definitely an impatient, frustrated single. Um, Some days, yeah, I may still pop up and feel that way. But for the most part, God has leveled me out in terms of my emotions and acceptance of this season. Um, And there's a very specific reason, and it's two things. It's identity and obedience. Um, It's, you know, I look back now at 39 years old. I spent all of my 20s desperately craving marriage, Um, looking like, you know, like like I was going to find it under a rock just everywhere (laughs) I could think of. Like, is is this him? Is this him? Is this him? And not really easing into it, even though, you know, yeah, I focused on career. I did those things. Um, But now at 39, approaching 40, I have a very different outlook and it's largely due to um, just a surrender. It just, I got tired of being frustrated and I said, there has to be a better way to go through this. And I feel like I may cheat myself of the season if I don't relax and let God do what he wants to do in the season. Well, when you say identity, explain what that means, because I think we hear that word and we don't always know what it means. What does it mean to you when you say identity? You know, you're you're absolutely right. We associate identity with our heritage, 
um, our parentage, like, hey, my identity is that I'm Gwen and Michael's daughter, <laughs> or that um, we, we put titles on it. You know, you look at our social media bios, and it's a minister, speaker, da 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 And one day, um, I asked myself the question, and really, Holy Spirit just flat out asked me, if I take that all away, who are you to me? And I said, I was stuck. I, I couldn't answer that. And um, it was through... I collaborate more with the short, I guess the shortest, quickest version I could tell you of identity is who does God say I am? Um, that supersedes anything that the world would say or that even I would say, because he infinitely knows all and he understands why he even fashioned and created us in our mother's womb to be here. And I shared with you recently, it, it went back to something that uh, apostle shared with me about seven years ago. You ever have somebody say something to you and it doesn't make sense at the time and you just put it on a shelf. Yes. And he had the best, I, the best definition of identity for me at the time, which finally caught up with me seven years later. And it was learn and master how to be a daughter before you can be a wife. And when God spoke to me and said, you're still my daughter, I struggled with that. But then I understood what does a daughter mean? And I just, I, I dug into his word and that's where I found identity is that we say, we say all the time, every Sunday, you know, in, in worship songs, I'm a child of God. I'm a friend of God. I'm this to God. Do we know what we're even saying? Have we taken the time to unpack the de God's definition of what it means to be his child? And I've embraced that in a whole new way in this season. You know, that's interesting that you said that, because when you think about identity in individuals, especially when you're young, you really mm -hmm. are kind of grasping and reaching for a lot of different things, you know, and you yeah. come up with sometimes your imagination of what you think it should be like. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit to a young lady who may be listening to the show or even a young man who may be listening mm -hmm. to the show and saying, what is some of the foundational things that looking back now on your life, you can say you wish you may have spent a little bit of time investing in as far as coming to understand who you are as an individual first before you get mm. into relationships? Well, wow, that's an excellent question, Gil. Uh, I would, if, and I'm, I'll just answer it as if I literally was talking to my younger self. The things I wish someone had told me was... Yeah, definitely travel the world and, you know, discover the things you like, but give yourself permission to take quiet time. Like literally, what does your own company feel like? Mm -hmm. um, what does, you know, what, what's, what are you passionate about without anybody interfering? Meaning no one has to tell you you're good at it. No one has to compliment it, but it just truly brings you joy. And I think that's the essence of the creative spirit of God. And we don't tap into that enough. I think we tend to lose that. And it was literally in that place. I found so much of who he said I was and, you know, and, the arts and writing. I did a lot of journaling. I, I would definitely advise to like document that part of your life because it's, it's so big. It's a foundation piece. Um, do not be afraid. Oh, this is a huge one. Um, do not be afraid to, to adventure alone um, because you're never alone. Um, I meet so many women who have yet to maybe take a solo trip or, you know, I had friends who literally put, buying a house on hold 
or certain aspirations on hold because it's like, uh, you know, my husband comes this or that because we're taught, okay, well, everything stops when you get married and there's this new season. And as women particularly, we're taught how selfless we have to be. But it's like, why, why start that season prematurely? I'm not a wife yet. So let me just indulge in and eat up all that God wanted my single season to be. Um, and really discover, discover your relationship with him. Like my Bible became my best friend in a lot of ways. Um, it became, because there were questions like nobody in my church. Yeah. You have singles ministries, but nobody, (laughs) that was my friend. And I was even like the head of a singles ministry before at one season in this walk and looking back on it, it's like you're, you're teaching more singleness and not more healthy fellowship or even um, healthy courtship when it arrives. And I was like, I wish someone had been preparing me, like knowing myself is great. Like I'm my mom's only child. That's cool. I can do that to a point. But now when someone does show up, whom, you know, you may desire to, you know, court or date or however you want to look at it, or God has placed that desire in your heart. Um, now we're lost. We're kind of like, <laughs> like someone threw us in a pool. Cause it's like, well, I can't date like the world dates. Cause we don't do that. And <laughs> right. a lot of the casual things, but then I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what God says about it either. And we're stuck. So take some time in the single season two to sit with some healthy married couples like literally glean, sit at their feet, observe them. Um, it will really reframe one. If you truly are ready for marriage, are you just desiring, Hey, I want the wedding. I want the idea of being a wife or am I ready for the function of being a wife? Like I, I, when I started seeing it up close, I was like, okay, be honest, be honest. And so, yeah, I would advise doing some of those things in that season. You know, I love the thing you said when you said about obedience and doing things that you enjoy doing without other people applauding you. And Mm -hmm. if I had to describe to me what I think obedience is, it's doing what God asked you to do without participation from other people. Mm -hmm. And I think as you described that, you really opened up to some people what you know we think we live in a society where you got to have likes and shares and posts but that's not obedience that's nah. that's participation and so mm-hmm. just like you said sitting alone with yourself what were some of the things that you learned when you were by yourself that you enjoyed doing that you could just do it by yourself or if you had someone else to do it with <laughs> um like i love 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 music i love music and I've even, I've created like these sacred spaces in my home, like my own prayer reading nook. Like I could get lost in that space for hours and not come out, um, like reading, journaling, um, writing, singing, dancing. I sing and dance in my room. Like I have a whole audience, but it's just me. Um, but it's a de-stressor for me. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, I create like I, God has made me the creator made me a creator. And so even if it's, um, he's given me these radical entrepreneurial ideas, I really believe I would not have been able to navigate entrepreneurship this way. Had I been partnered, um, earlier in an earlier season of my life, some people can do that. Well, I think there were some foundational things that, I just had to sit with the father and figure out, right? With again, without interference, because then it would have at the time felt more like 
of frustration of competing with that person or sharing time of my love and my passion and entrepreneurship and the business, business ideas and that person. And I believe that some people have the, a grace. God gives you a grace to do that alongside with someone and for others, maybe not. Um, and I learned that I learned that, um, you know, he has put in me an ability to initiate by myself, but then to execute with others. And had I not really sat with him enough in my own season to start several businesses, fail at some, succeed at some, I was able to go through that without having to check in with someone <laughs> or having to get their permission or, you know, that that's such a liberating freedom. Um, and so, yeah, those types of things. It also gave me the, the single part in that season of, um, I truly do like, I relish, I, I, I love quiet. And it may drive some people crazy, <laughs> like to the total silence. I love quiet, almost to the point sometimes, you know, unless it's one of those moments I love a little jazz or a little music to dance. I love quiet because it is literally where I am my best company and I hear the voice of God the best. You know, that and so you have to allow God to settle you into a frequency where it's just you and him and no interference. And I have the gift of knowing what that feels like without someone else in that space right now. You know, that's great that you said that about the being alone part. And I think about just in singlehood, some people think that is a time that you should just do what you want when you want, which is true. But then there is a, uh, you mentioned it about not being afraid to be alone. You know, when mm -hmm. people are out there by themselves and they're doing their own thing, they really don't think about it as a fearful thing. And I want you to talk a little bit to someone who may be thinking I'm coming up on a, you know, I hate to say it this way, but like a biological clock that is ticking mm -hmm. and they getting impatient and then they start compromising who they are mm -hmm. as an individual and maybe not investing that time, effort and energy into understanding, hey, this is a time for you to really grow and understand who you are. So can you talk a little bit about what was it like for you to really understand it's OK to be by yourself? <laughs> That's an excellent question. I also want to speak to something you just said and framing that question, Gil, um, when you said you know, a lot of people think a single season is the time to do what you want. And it may appear that way to the outside world, but I, radical transparency, um, my single season was not my season to do what I wanted. There was a shift that took place, I'd say within the last five, six years or so. Mm -hmm where there was a yielding and a breaking and a submission, meaning, especially when I stepped into my calling of ministry, I had to, there was a willing exchange, honestly, a very willing exchange when I realized my way, like my will and all the fun I was having, or thought I was having the things I wanted right. to do. Right. Um, I lot like he took that taste for certain things out of my mouth, out of my life, like partying or clubbing. It's like, okay, I'm in my thirties now. It's not, you know, or even, and, and even not things like that that may seem worldly, but just, and here's the thing, your will may really seem like an amazing thing. It's good stuff, mm -hmm. but God's will will put you on a trajectory for his plan, not yours. So your single season isn't necessarily about a free will lifestyle doing what you want. It's really about, am I willing to put down my good for his great? Wow. That's really what it's about. So when you talk about a biological clock, 
I'm just of the faith and believe. And that used to get to me. Like I said, I'm 39 years old. And the funny story, like, you know, some, mm-hmm. some women, especially, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, 30. I didn't freak out about 30. It was 35. Uh-oh. Like my, 30, my 35th birthday hit and I cried, boohoo cried the whole day. And it was the strangest feeling in the world where I was literally, I had in the world's eyes, I had it all. Right. I had this amazing executive career. I had several degrees, house, luxury cars, the stuff they tell you to attain. Right. 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 But and there's a difference between being alone and content and singleness and straight up loneliness. And that day was loneliness. And I realized I had filled my life up so much with my own will that I wasn't even happy. I got everything I wanted. That was like a kid getting a toy they've been begging for and they play with it for like a day and then forget about it. It's like, I'm not even happy with that anymore. And that was literally what happened. I built the life I wanted, but it wasn't the life that made me happy. And I'm so glad you said that because I think so many times I always say that the American dream is really a nightmare because Mm -hmm. for me, I went through the same thing where I, when you talk about identity, I realized I identify with my ability to create wealth and Mm -hmm. to build businesses. And it wasn't until God shifted things and flipped everything upside down that I began to realize, wait a minute, you can't find your identity. Identity can't be purchased. It cannot. And so your identity has got to come from, like you talked about getting to know the Lord and getting to spend time with him. When you think about some of the things that you've done differently now, what's one thing you do daily that's different than before when you were, like you said, creating your, like I said, I was living my best life, but Mm -hmm. now I'm living a life for God. What, Mm -hmm. what helped you to make that internal shift in your heart? Um, Two part. I want to touch on, I'm going to touch on what you said about what what's the daily habit or the daily shift. And then Mm -hmm. also to what Gil was saying about the kind of the biological clock thing, they go hand in hand. Um, Daily, I live a surrendered life to his will. And I trust that no biological clock um, can stand against the one who created the biology in me. Like I look at, you look at the word, he totally defies any of the rules, right? (laughs) Like there are people, you look at Abraham, you look at, I mean, there's all these stories of people who, who biologically should not have had children, Mm -hmm. but yet they're in the lineage of Christ and had them well into old age. And which I, I believe in, you know, my mind's eye, when I read these stories, he didn't just not only bless them to have kids and then they're like struggling with these kids. He gave them a, an abundance of health to raise them, to yeah. rear them, to, you know what I'm saying? To right. have all the vitality needed to have this, this young family at an old age. And so what I'm also seeing too, to Gil's question and then also the daily habit, um, I make a daily habit of caring for my body and preparation for when my time does come. Like I'm, I'm believing so much. It's like, so what? Like I, I encounter more and more men and women who are starting families into their forties, um, oh, yeah. for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> um, but it is not only more normal now than probably historically it was, Um, but also I'm believing I I have to partner my faith. If I'm believing that, Hey God, if you send this husband and this family, I pray for into my forties, I'm going to care for this body and my finances and all the areas of my life. So the, in preparation for the manifestation of the word. So I can't just sit here 
um, and do all I want, not caring for uh, the things he's given me in preparation for the thing I'm in, I'm in anticipation for. So it's, it's, this is, this is giving me time to get my credit right to pay off some debt. So like, I don't come into a marriage as a burden or even, you know, whatever happens. And I'm not a burden to myself and my household (laughs) carrying those things. You know, I'm not necessarily doing it for, well, you know, when my husband comes, yeah. Okay. But for me, for Melissa, for the sake of my life and the quality of life, financial health, um, physical health and vitality, that I, I should, I believe the God I serve, like I, I could age backwards just through, and I know you support this in terms of what I eat and mm-hmm. what I, what I, what I take in. Like I've literally seen the effects of self-care and rest. Like he's giving me a season of rest in this season. Like this has been the slowest season of my life, probably since childhood, meaning I, the instruction. Now I didn't want to do that. Let's be clear. Right. Let's be real clear. I'm a listening want to rest. I fought him tooth and nail on that. And I received word after word after word, like warnings, rest, 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 rest. There'll be a season where you'll put down your phone. You're going to slow down. I was like, slow down. No, I'm all gas, no brakes. Like, what do you right. mean? <laughs> like, I'm, 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 you know, in 37, 38 years old at the time, approaching 39. I was like, and then especially last year, you guys, when the pandemic hit, I went into overdrive. You know, some people have a fight, like we all have a fight or flight. Right. And some people slow their lives down. It was, I don't know if it was a fear mechanism of the quarantine and the pandemic, but I, everything I thought I wanted to create, I did it. And every business I could think to start, like my little brain and my hands went to work. And then all of a sudden he, he, God just whispered and said, put it down for me. And I didn't understand what he was doing at the time. And I didn't want to, it was like, you want me to like close this business? And I just put my all into it. He's like, yeah. He's like, so wait, you want me to cut off? These like I it was a season where he cleared my whole calendar, speaking engagements, everything. He's like, stop. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by a yielded life. Like all that stuff sounds great until you hear that still small voice that says, Hey, don't go that way, go this way. Who knows what he could have been preventing me from or putting me on a platform or in situations prematurely that I was not spiritually or emotionally mature enough for or prepared for at that level. So he had to recalibrate me in a place of rest. He even says, like I told you last week when we spoke in Psalms 127, God gives rest to those he loves. And so now I'm, I'm redefining what it means to be a well-rested professional, healthy single. I don't, I don't have to be burnt out. And here's why God did it. There, there was an old daily habit I had of overworking myself because of it was a form of self-sabotage and avoiding my single season. To avoid my empty house, I would overwork and stay at work just so I could go home and go straight to sleep and not deal with the empty house. Say that again, because I think that's what most of us do. We self-medicate. You did what? Yeah. I, oh, self-medicate is a real good word for it. Um I met, I self-medicated, meaning I numbed the void of my singleness with accolades and accomplishments. I, if, if, the, if there was my career that I had, I was going to be at the top. If there was a degree to get, I was going to crush it. If there was, um, a conference, like everything I did. Yeah, I did it in excellence, but there was really an addictive nature of to not, I was doing it to not deal with the singleness to not deal with the loneliness. So I, because I couldn't control when my husband would come, 
I got obsessive over the things I could control. And, and that's what I think most of us do. We, we, we want to be in, at the end of the day, we want to be in control when we get mm-hmm. married, when we have kids, when we get a career, all these things. And, and God is saying, exchange your will for mine. Mm-hmm. And instead of going nonstop, let's be still. Cause for us, the pandemic really, I, I call it an adult timeout. So many times we don't <laughs> know how to be still. And Gil and I yeah. were having a conversation yesterday about there is no substitute for sleep. Mm-mm. you got to sleep, you got to be still, you got to, you know, know how to do that. And so since you are learning now to be still and to rest, mm-hmm. how much do you think you hear God better? <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm so glad you asked me that question. It, it is the level of clarity mentally emotionally, spiritually is higher than I've ever experienced in my life. <clears throat> because one thing in in your spiritual journey during your singleness, God will recalibrate you. He'll teach you how he wants to communicate with you, not how you want to communicate to him. It's not we don't get to dictate that. We don't get to dictate, okay, God, I'm going to put you on my calendar and then I'll talk to you when I get out of bed in the morning, okay? And then I'll check in with you again. Maybe on my lunch break, it depends on what my day is looking like. And then, oh yeah, by the way, I'll check in one more time at night. No, he's God. <laughs> so it's it's the strangest thing, like especially in quarantine and like being able to at this season in my life, who knows what the future holds, but at this particular season, um, being able to work from home, be a caregiver. It's also giving me the freedom to be a caregiver to my grandmother. Like these are very precious years. Yeah. And so like, if I literally, if the, if I feel a wave come over me, like you're tired, go take a nap. And the very thing I frustrated myself with sitting in my office, the answers will come to me in my sleep mm-hmm. or like my spiritual gifts are heightened, like Holy spirit. Like I may pray about something at night. And then in my resting place, and what, and not just sleep, but literally just solitude, rest, rest is not always me sleep. Right. It could be Being just still. total stillness. Uh-huh. It is a practice of stillness. That is a part of prayer. It says meditate on my word day and night. Meditate meaning to ingest, mentally take in, to sit with, to ruminate. We don't do that enough. And in that meditation, that stillness, that sitting, there's a there's a flow. Holy spirit will speak. It will, he'll make it so plain. And I'm like, Oh, now if I've been rushing, you know what? The best analogy I can give you guys for that is you ever been in a car on a highway and you're going like, I'll even say like 55 miles an hour. Right. And you pass a billboard. You have no clue what that billboard says because exactly. you're going 55 miles an hour. However, if they would have changed that speed limit the next day and bring it down to say 25, 30 miles an hour, you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, that billboard is there. And it's for the very business or the very thing I've been looking for. And I had no, I've never seen it before, but yet you've been passionate every day. God's wanting to slow us down. He'll change the speed limit of your life just to show you something that's probably been there all along, but we've been too busy to notice his signs. You know, you said something a couple of times you've used the, the operative word is surrender. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've heard it a couple of times in a couple of different things that you've said. 
Mm-hmm. What would you say, how, how connected is surrender associated in rest and all the other things that you've been sharing with us tonight are, are associated with you fulfilling your destiny and being comfortable with your identity? It's the foundation, Gil. Surrender can either happen willingly or crushingly. <laughs> oh, like, I, I kind of figured you were going to go down there. Uh, right? uh, by you choice or by force? <laughs> If, if being totally honest, okay. Initially, it wasn't. Not initially. Now it is. I can make it sound really good and cute right now, and just all serene, right? In this interview, but if I t- if I dialed this interview back to say maybe like I, I don't even say a year and a half, two years ago, I, I'll have to go that far back. I was at like although uh, you know in ministry and doing all these you know great works that God has, has, has graced me with. Cause Lord knows I don't deserve it, but he sees me fit enough to do it. Right. And <laughs> I, the, the, when you talk about surrender, the crushing was that I would always show up in these places. Like I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm okay. And till he planted me around people who were, they, who were able to call me out yes. and correct me. He put, he planted me in a ministry of loving spiritual parents who would literally say, no, you're not like that was the first time in my life. People would call me out on my stuff and it was nothing I could do about it. Yeah. And it did not feel good for someone who's a perfectionist. When I was at the top of my game, I'm used to being other people's boss and correcting them. And then to have spiritual parents, like I've, I've had pastors. Okay. But I've never had um, parentage, mm-hmm. like correction. And they would call it out for what it was. And I was like, <gasps> and then, it, and that's a fight. Like <laughs> if, and especially when you're well into like establishing to who you are. Right. And it's like, what do you mean? Like there's almost this, I hate to say it, but, uh, uh, it's arrogance, pride. like, dude, like, you know who I am? Like, it's I'm called, fine. I'm this, I'm that. It's called pride. Pride. Thank you. Thank you for the word. Yes, it is pride. <laughs> he will break your pride um, lovingly. He will lovingly, there's a loving uh, crushing of pride. Mm-hmm. Um, and it that was like a two-year process for me in ministry. Right. And it, it was, God, God is so strategic. I really feel like he has a sense of humor. He's like, yeah, I'm going to make you great over here. I'll give you all these big names and places, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make you serve over here mm-hmm. because how you serve over here is how you earn where I place you over there. So really, if I tie this all back to the message of singleness is that your single season really is for you to be able to serve willingly and in an uninhibited way. And the better you serve, the higher you'll be elevated. And, you know, I think for me, because I've been married for 32 years, I work with women for 28 years, serving them and listening to their stories. So for me, as an observer on the outside looking in, the common denominator I've noticed in women is that when they give up and they stop trying to find him Hmm. and they try to find themselves, because I feel like until you discover who you are, how are you going to give yourself away? So mm-hmm. I, I love how you're painting this picture and sharing the details of your life in a way to give evidence to the fact that the Bible says, 
Seek first of God, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added on to you. So we mm-hmm. want the things to be added on to us, but we don't want to be, have things subtracted. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, breaking the pride <laughs> and we don't, we want to be married, but we don't want to be by ourselves. We mm-hmm. want to be one with another person, but we've not learned to be one with God. And mm-hmm. so I appreciate you sharing all these levels of your life and your story if you had to say one thing to yourself that could um, catapult you into the next place God has, has for you, what would be the one thing that you think you need to do different for God to get you where, you needs to, where he needs to get you for your next stage in life? Mm. You, know, you know what the challenge is sometimes? You know, Gil asked the question about getting your answers and things like that or just like what happens in rest. Right. The challenge is sometimes God will give you like glimpses, right? Of of what's in store prophetically, mm-hmm. right? People have different names they want to call it. It's prophetic. Um, the challenge though, he may give me a glimpse and say, hey, this is where I'm taking you. The challenge is to not get ahead of God and create Ishmael's. Um, not create distractions or not create um, things that just are ahead of his time. So the challenge is to stay in season with his flow. How do you do that? You ask. I'm glad you asked. How do you do that? Um, there's a daily, here's my word again, Gil, surrender. I mean, here's, here's what surrender looks like. Surrender looks like not asking for permission. I mean, not asking for forgiveness. Like, hey, God, I launched out and did this thing. So I need you to bless it because I really, really want this to happen. That's asking for God, God to bless or just say, hey, forgive me. I, I went ahead of you. It's cool. But even though I went ahead of you, can you bless this thing? Let me flip it for you. Surrender looks like, Lord, I have an idea on my heart. Does my heart and my desire to do this match your heart? I'm checking with you for permission on the details of my life before I take one more step. And I trust that if you give me access to do that, that you'll give me provision. And now I'll sit with you and I'll lovingly wait on the answer. That's what it looks like. Oh, so basically you mean we have to wait on God. Huh? Who knew? We say it all the time, but we don't mean that for yes. real. Because nobody, we don't, people say wait, but they don't teach how to wait. Yes. And you wait patiently. You wait um, with humility you wait with other people around you who are not afraid to tell you, girl, sit down somewhere. <laughs> and you wait being able to take a nap and to, to, mm-hmm. to sleep on the ideas and the dreams that he gives us until he gives us the, the framework. He gives us the dream. He gives us the idea. But all the other people around it is a part of that process. And I'm mm-hmm. just I, I love your transparency, Melissa. I love your willingness to not be afraid to let for for us to not be afraid to let the world know guess what we don't have it all figured out we need each other and so mm-hmm. that's why i thank god for him putting us in each other's lives Amen. tell us how can people connect with you how can they um how can you serve them with something you have coming up that you want to share that they can be a part our community can be a part of oh wow thank you so much it's it's an honor. I, I made a total commitment to what I call radical transparency. 
And I thank God. I, I love to tell people if I lived it, I can tell it and I'll tell it for his glory. And so um, in that, I've been able to um, activate the voices of people in a way that's what I'm called to do. If you're struggling with that same level of transparency and openness to use that story, um, then I would love to to coach and 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 pull out that message. Uh, I do so through the activation hour, <laughs> which is not only uh, my coaching practice, but my platform um, for podcasting and media. And it's at theactivationhour.com or activation hour on Instagram. Um, and then there's future projects. You know, everything we talked about today, God has packaged that in a way. Um, using again, that same scripture, Psalms 127, when he says, um, we are like his arrows or um, children are like arrows to warriors. And just, can you imagine the way God would pull back an arrow to launch it forward? It's like, wow, I'm God's arrow. And so I'm working on a project now called the Arrow Effect. And so just stay connected with me for the summer launch of the Arrow Effect um, with that program of learning how to pull back, meaning how to rest, how to submit, how to yield so he can launch you. Um, for his purpose. So that's what I have in the mix. Thank you so much oh, for sharing so much. this story and this testimony. <laughs> we appreciate you so much hanging out with us and, and just sharing just your life with us. And we really, really appreciate it. So amen. thank you again, <laughs> thank Melissa. You. We really appreciate you. you. Guys, remember, we are stronger together. And you are more than enough. Let's grow. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your investment in time. Remember to subscribe to the show and hit the notification icon to be notified when new episodes are posted on the podcast platform that you're listening from. Or you can always find us on our website at richrelationshipsus.com or our YouTube channel, Rich Relationships with Gil Renee. If you found this podcast helpful or you think it could help someone that you know and care about, please pass it along and share it with them. And also, you can always send your questions and comments to richrelationships.us at gmail.com. This is a weekly podcast, and the new episodes are going to be posted on Monday by 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow!